This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to Mix92.6.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts. And if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. And welcome to our second week of thinking about water. That's super important stuff that's crucial for both us and for the natural world, and that rising population, rising consumption and climate change is putting huge pressure upon. Now, last week, we heard from Councillor Simon Grover about the petition asking Affinity Water to plug their leaks and stop taking water from the dwindling River Ver. And John Pritchard, chair of the Ver Valley Society, explained that whilst rainfall is essential to replenish the chalk aquifers from which the Ver flows, heavy rain washing road pollution into the river was causing real problems. Now, another source of pollution when there's heavy rain is sewage, entering the Ver from the sewage plant up at Markyate. So I'm delighted to be able to update you with the news that last week, a St Albans District Council overview and scrutiny committee attended by councillors, Thames Water, the Ver Valley Society, Hearts County Council and St Albans District Council officers discussed pollution, including water pollution. Chair of the committee, Councillor Emma Bentanley, recommended that the policy committee consider setting up a working group, similar to what's already happening at Three Rivers District Council, to consider measures to mitigate the consequences of surface water overwhelming the sewage treatment plant, which often then ends up in our River Ver. Let's hope that they can find a solution. I'll keep you posted. So, in our second week of looking at issues surrounding water, we'll hear from Affinity Water themselves. What are their plans for making sure that over the next 50 years, there's enough water for us and our internationally rare chalk stream rivers? And are they ready to take up Simon Grover's challenge and fix those leaks? I spoke to Doug Hunt, Affinity Water's Water Resources Programme Director, to find out. And I started by asking him to explain how serious the water situation is here in Hertfordshire. So uh, the water situation in Hertfordshire, obviously, at the moment, we have enough water uh, as Affinity Water to supply our customers. But there are some big changes. So as you can imagine, there is a lot of development in the area so growth, new housing, etc. We all know about climate change. That has an effect on how much we use. It also has an effect on the availability of our supplies. And also we, we have an agenda that we're very strongly supportive of, which is to reduce the amount of abstraction that comes from our chalk aquifers. So if you put all of those together, in the future, we end up with some very significant deficits. We're not able to meet demand through our supplies unless we do something about it. And that's why I've come to talk to you today. That's what our water resources management plan is all about. Indeed. Now, you've released recently, as you say, your draft water resources management plan. And this is a document that you're required to prepare. And this is setting out your plans to ensure sufficient water supply for the next 50 years, which does seem like a very long time. Now, one of the measures within that plan is what you've called the Grand Union Canal Transfer. Can you explain what that is? 
Yes, so the Grand Union Canal transfer is the first of our our really big infrastructure schemes that we have in the plan. And the idea is we take recycled water from Birmingham, a place called Minworth, and we use the existing infrastructure in the Grand Union Canal. We upgrade it, we put some new pumps in, etc., and hopefully enhance the canal in the process. And then we take the water out near Leighton Buzzard and we put that into the, the northwestern part of our supply network. So that indirectly supports the the customers in in your area. Um, It's a big scheme. It's two phases. First is 50 million litres a day capacity, and then we would look to add on another 50 million litres a day capacity. And what that does is that really addresses a large part of the agenda that we need to meet. So, you know, it helps us to account for the growth and it allows us to reduce abstractions from the chalk aquifers. Okay. And what will you need to do to make that happen? So we're looking to deliver the scheme as quickly as we can in the early 2030s. These things take a long time to build and plan. So we've got to go through the planning application process and then we need to get on site and construct. The construction involves enhancing some of the treatment at Minworth so that the water is of really good quality and will actually improve the quality of water in the canal through this process. And then we need to, you know, everyone knows canals, you have locks on there, we need to get the water around the locks. And then we need to build uh, a new treatment works and transfer and pumps at the Leighton Buzzard End. So the treatment works would be a very advanced one and it would be looking to get that water to the standard we all expect um, so that it would come in in a similar way that we already import water from Grafham Reservoir in that area. And you can be reasonably certain that there will be sufficient excess water in the Birmingham area for them to have spare to give to us? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, the water is wasted. It you know, effectively goes out um, to sea via the, the River Trent. Uh, The reason that's not environmentally damaging is because the amount of water in the Trent is larger than it would naturally be. So effectively, we're taking the the sort of artificial influence from humans and we're using that and and making use of it in um, Harfordshire area. Okay, well, that's good to know. Could you just tell us briefly what other schemes you're considering at this stage? Yes, so we we have a large number of other schemes. The the sort of first schemes we do are making the best use of existing water. So we have water down in what we call our Way community, which is a sort of Surrey area. And we have a number of big mains developments that are intended to move that water up around the north and east um, and to help areas um, such as yours. That's the first level. And then the Grand Union Canal. And then we're looking at the Southeast Strategic Reservoir option, which is this very large reservoir in Oxfordshire, that would help support both ourselves, Thames water and Southern water. We would put that water into the River Thames and we'd transfer it out to the River Thames and again, move it round to the north and east through our central region. Okay. It sounds like you're seriously considering the idea of a reservoir. You you think it's likely that that will happen at some point? Well, we're planning on it at the moment, yes. So the, the draft plan is out for consultation. So nothing is fixed yet. We we can consult on these things, we listen to feedback. But at the moment that is after the Grand Union Canal the next best value option. So once we have developed the Grand Union Canal, that would be the next one to go to. Now whilst we're talking about infrastructure. Uh, People uh, who live around St Albans, they're very aware of new pipes um, going in under our roads at the moment. What part will those pipes play in your plan? So we we have to put in pipes for all sorts of reasons. So the the pipes at the moment are to enhance local networks. So it's to increase the capabilities to supply areas that are growing. Or in some cases, we've already turned off a number of um, groundwater abstraction sites. And we need to move the water into those areas they used to supply. 
Okay. Now, you say that you've got plans to reduce abstraction from talk stream catchments, from the catchments of rivers like the the Verbi, 27 million litres by the end of 2024-25 reporting year. Are you able to say if you'll be able to stop taking any water from local chalk stream aquifers anytime in the future? Yes, so we're we're looking to basically reduce all of our abstraction in chalk aquifers to a sustainable level. And what that means depends on which chalk aquifer. In some cases, it does mean we turn off all of the groundwater sources. The Chilterns is an area that we're focusing on first. So the the, the Burr and the other rivers in the Chilterns, we're looking to reduce the abstraction as quickly as we can. And that's why we're going for the Grand Union Canal. Okay, it takes some time to build, but by doing that, it does allow us to make sure that we we end any unsustainable abstraction in those catchments. You couldn't give a date when you'll be able to stop that abstraction? Not at the moment. That, I mean, it's all in the plan. We're consulting on it. We're doing a large chunk of um, reductions within the next five years after 2025. So as well as the ones you talked about, we are then looking to concentrate again on the Chilterns and, and reduce the abstraction there. So that would happen before 2030. And then there is another opportunity between 2030 and 35. but we're certainly looking to do it before 2030. Okay, thank you. So the St Albans Green Party petition that we heard about on the show last week, it says that Affinity Water currently takes 28 million litres of water a day from the, the Ver, and that every day Affinity Water loses 160 million litres in leaks. Do you accept those figures? Yes, those are correct. So the, the 160 million litres a day in leaks is across our whole network, and that's um, it's under 20%. But we agree that that's not okay. So in this five-year period, we're reducing our leakage by 20%, and that's you know as fast as anyone else in the country, and we're doing well against those targets. So just to make it clear, it was around 190. We've now got it down to 160. We're looking to drive it down further. And we've made a commitment in our plan that we'll cut our leakage in half by the 2050 horizon. Uh, Some people say, why not go further? I think the the problem is when you go to very low levels of leakage, you start to have to replace all of the mains. And that is both extremely expensive and very disruptive. So we're trying to go as far as we can. And that does mean halving the leakage by 2050. Indeed, but you were one of only four water companies that failed to reach your 2020-2021 leakage reduction targets. And you know, you said for a long time that you want us to use less water. But when we see water leaking down the road for, for weeks and even months on end, it kind of feels like you're not doing your bit. Why can't you do more to, to fix these leaks? Why is it so difficult? Firstly, we are doing more and we've turned that around. So we accept it's not okay to miss our targets. We, we are definitely looking to meet our targets this year and going forward. In terms of why is it difficult, most of the leakage that occurs actually you don't see going down the road. That's number one. So you won't ever see it. We find it and dig it up and fix it before it's actually seen. The leaks that go down the road and people notice that they've been running for a long time, there is nearly always a reason behind that. I mean, I can't comment on individual cases, but to do with traffic management is the the number one problem. So trying to actually get the road closed or partially closed to get the, um, the leak repaired is the main cause of why things take some time. In terms of getting leakage down in general, I mean, you know, we have thousands of kilometres of mains out there. 
they leak underground. We have very sophisticated systems for detecting them. And then we go out and we actually find exactly where they are. We dig down and repair them. We do that hundreds and hundreds of times a year. It is a big network. There are a lot of leaks out there. So it is a difficult job. However, we've been doing it for many, many years and we are getting better at it and we're reducing leakage. So leakage is the number one thing. We, we totally accept that we can't ask other people to do their bit until we do our bit. And that's a core part of our plan. Yeah, I can see that it is difficult and you say you're going to do better, but I'm wondering what you're changing to ensure that you will be able to detect and fix more leaks. Yes, so we're already changing that. So it's not we're going to do better. We are doing better and we'll carry on. We have a number of new technologies and processes we're using in terms of what we would call acoustic loggers. So they're remote things that listen for leaks, essentially, and allow us to find them. We're going out sending teams who do specialised activities during the night to sort of partition off bits of our network, find them, drive them down. And we've totally changed the way we do that this five-year period. So we've looked at everything root and branch. We've invested the company's own money into doing that. We've actually put the money forward to help ensure that we meet our targets. And it is coming down. So we're seeing the results of that. We're not sort of making hay in the future. We are are doing it now and we'll carry on driving that leakage down. Okay, well, that's good to hear. Now, one of the big themes of the draft plan is resilience. And in the face of such huge uncertainties around things like climate, how can you ensure that that you or, or I suppose we are ready for the worst case scenario, the one in a thousand year drought, which suddenly happens every five years? How can you make us ready for all this uncertainty? So in summary, it's my job to do that. So we have a lot of analysis, a lot of models, you know, you'd expect a lot of computer models. We work with meteorologists and and some of the best across the world to give us how might climate change affect rainfall and temperatures going forward. But it's not just that, there's a lot of uncertainty around growth in housing. And even similarly, how much do we need to reduce our abstraction from chalk aquifers to make it all sustainable? For the first time ever, we've got a truly what we'd call adaptive plan. We need to make sure that, yes, we need to meet these worst case scenarios if they happen. But what we don't want to do is invest in a load of white elephants that weren't needed and waste our customers' money. So we have a a very sophisticated adaptive planning approach. And that basically makes sure that we get on with the schemes we need to get on with in time. So when these things happen in the future, actually, we've got the kit in place to deal with them. So actually, all six water companies across the southeast, we've got together, we've got this very sophisticated piece of investment modelling that allows us to understand what we need to build and when we need to build it. And we plan, you know, so we're planning to be resilient to, we actually define it as a one in 500 year drought under climate change. So that allows for the climate change plus one in 500. So the sort of thing that recently hit in South Africa, Cape Town, we are going to be resilient to that sort of event. And how much we have to do to make sure that happens, we can look at the situation, we can monitor how growth is going, we can monitor what's going on with climate change and make sure we build new infrastructure in time to do that. So we are the users of the water. We're what you're doing all of this for. What would you like us to do to help? We're doing a bit. We recognise we need to do a bit more with leakage. We need to do the infrastructure. But we're really asking people to help by reducing their demand for water. And again, we're here to help with that. So um, there's a couple of things. We're looking at rolling out smart metering. And what that will do is we can help and identify if your if your toilet's leaking down the back of the system, we can tell you and you'll be able to fix it, that sort of thing. But also we can send teams out to help install water saving devices, those sorts of things in the home. 
And and just so people are aware, the abstraction from these chalk aquifers, from these precious chalk rivers, that is directly related to the amount of water that you as customers use. So we're asking through, we've got our Save Our Streams campaigns at the moment, and we'll carry on doing that sort of thing in the future. We want people to use less water Use a reasonable amount. You know, we're not asking people to drastically change their lifestyle. But really think about the water they're using, where we can help contact us, get those water saving devices. And then think about, you know, during the summer, how much are you using? Do you need to water the garden today? And work with us to try and reduce some demand for water, because that's another big component of our plan. Indeed. And then the second thing, we've been talking about the draft water resources plan. It's not been finalised yet and you've got a consultation. How can we contribute to that? So, yeah, uh, it's absolutely vital that we get as many opinions and voices as possible. We can't do this in isolation. We want to make sure we take people with us. So we're out for consultation. Um, If you go to our Engagement HQ website, So there's links to it from the Affinity Water website. Please go online and and there's a number of questions we've asked there for people to answer. But any other opinions or any other thoughts about things we might do differently, you're the locals, you know your area. So if there's anything useful that you can tell us beyond the questions we're asking, that would be great. So engage as much as possible. The more people that engage, the better our plan will be when we finalise it. That's great. Thank you very much indeed for telling us about that. It's a pleasure. I was talking there to Doug Hunt, Affinity Water's Water Resource Programme Director. Do take a look at the draft water resources plan and have your say. I'll put a link to it into the notes that accompany the podcast of this show and that you'll find on the podcast page of Mix926.com. I'll be back with you at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.